Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the Stan Yo Lane podcast once again with your host, William Lane. But I am joined by another new face today. I've got my friend Lee over here. Lee, kind of introduce yourself. Let everyone know where they can find you at real fast. Hey, guys. Um, I'm pleased to be here with you. We've been having cutting it up, having a good chat beforehand about all sorts of topics. Uh, my name is Lee, or Lee Wakefield. I can be found on Twitter or at X right now, I guess. I don't know. I'm still going to stick with Twitter. Um, at Wakefield90 uh, on the pod. Um, with you today, I write for the Touchdown um, at the Touchdown NFL. And I also write for Bolt Beat, being a Chargers fan. So, um, yeah, on the Bolt Beat, uh, picking up some articles there. And yeah, you can find my work, Chargers specific or NFL college and draft at the Touchdown. And yeah, like on the pod, happy to be here, like I say. And uh, yeah, ready to cut it up with the AFC West. Should be a good chat. Oh, I'm I'm excited to have you on here. I've been meaning to get you on here, honestly. I was like, yeah, been about it, yeah. I've been trying to get everyone kind of on here just to have a good conversation because y'all are some of the best football minds I know. Y'all y'all stay busy, my man. Oh my <laughs> goodness, I would say you and uh, Kieran both had like a whole on list of stuff y'all be working on, and I think I mean that's so cool. I ain't even gonna lie. So I'm glad you had the time to hop on the show, honestly. Absolutely. Make make time anytime. Dude, I'm I'm excited. I guess you you all kind of, I mean, you all should know be my should know me by now. I mean, I'm William Lane, of course. You can find me on Twitter. X. It's Twitter. It's Twitter, it's right? Twitter. It's like <laughs> I I'll call it X maybe from like a year from now, but until then it's Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at the Willie Lane. And of course we have a podcast Twitter at S I Y L Podcast. That's Stanyo Lane Podcast. Finally, before we get into this, all I ask is, is if you enjoy the show, or if you don't, once again, I can't tell you how you feel about it, please leave a rating. I would greatly appreciate it. Makes me look better or worse, honestly. Once again, your opinion, but take some time, leave a little rating. I appreciate it. And if you have any comments or any advice, let me know. We're trying to bring you the best content we can. But with that being said, Lee... I think I'm going to have you start us off with the worst in the AFC West. Who do you have finishing last? Oh, I think this is this is quite clear. Yeah. Like my hierarchy is pretty clear. Same. I think it's the Raiders. Yeah. I think it's the Raiders. I think <laughs> they they've got some they've got some good they've got some good things about their team. They've got some good players singularly. But as a whole group, I think this is pretty bad. And I think you know, we were going to talk a little bit like offensive lines, but I'll just get straight to it. Like, this offensive line is bottom five in the league, starting five and depth. Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of their problems are going to originate from, um, especially with a quarterback with one foot as well and a running back who pretty much doesn't want to play for the team at the moment. <laughs> you know, so I just yeah. think this is going to be a bit of a train wreck. Um, on offense, the defense fairly similar like i say it's got some good players here and there just a smattering throughout the roster but again as a full unit it's not great and i'm sorry to say this as someone who's obviously a patriots guy but i just don't believe in josh mcdaniels either i'm honestly glad you said it because one of the first <laughs> notes i wrote down one of my biggest concerns was i don't have faith in josh mcdaniels as a head coach so like there's, there's no proof there's no. no proof that this will work like We've had the Denver thing a few years ago. It didn't work. We've had one year of him in Las Vegas. It didn't work too well. And now he's got a worse roster with a new quarterback. 
I just don't see where this is going to work. Like, I think they're firmly, firmly the fourth best team or fourth, you know, the worst team, however you want to describe it. Oh, yeah. In this division. Like, there's tiers in this division for sure. Yeah. I think there's three tiers. This is one on its own with the Vegas Raiders being the fourth tier or the fourth team, should I say. The roster got worse and the quarterback position in my opinion, got worse because Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. is not going to be bailed out by that Kyle Shanahan system. And it's going to be one of those things like, sure, he probably, I mean, he's familiar with Josh McDaniels, so that should help a good bit. Jacoby Myers is familiar with Josh McDaniels, but how much do we really believe in Josh McDaniels' system as of right now and not believing it was Brady? So That's it. That's it. And I mean, you've kind of touched on it there with Jacoby Myers. And I, mean, I guess that they're trying to bring in some familiarity for both the, the head coach and the QB. They got Jacob but, Johnson, fullback. He played with a... Yeah, as well, yeah. Bringing it all, the whole band back together, especially with Brian Hoyer being there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I completely forgot to mention that. Brian Hoyer. So when Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo inevitably goes down, there you go. You got the same quarterback behind him. So That's it. And, like, Jacoby Myers. They spent, like, a good amount of money on Jacoby Myers. He's a perfectly fine wide receiver. But he's better in the slot, right, as a big power slot receiver. They oh, yeah. have, But they also have one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, who's a completely different receiver in Hunter Renfro. So the way they're like constructing this roster really doesn't make much sense, to me, anyway, as an outsider. You might have some Raiders fans who are listening to us and that's me screaming at their, you know, wherever they're listening to this on and, uh, you know, telling us that we're both wrong. But... To me, this doesn't make much sense. And to be honest, you know, outside of Devontae Adams, they don't have a great deal at wide receiver outside of those first three names. And the star yeah. power is obviously Devontae Adams as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, respect on DeAndre Carter's name. He kept the charges afloat at some point last season. Yeah. So maybe I should uh, give him more, a bit more due respect. But, yeah, like I said, I think the, the problems are going to circle around the offensive line on offense because Jimmy Garoppolo, as we know, is not very mobile. He has one foot, as we say. And, um, yeah, the, the offensive line is not going to be able to block anyone. I think people overestimate Colton Miller quite a bit. And the rest of the offensive line, the starters, like I say, is just poor and there's not a great deal behind it. So, yeah, I don't know where the, where the wins are going to come from because to put up wins, you've got to put up points. And as much as the defense has got Max Crosby and a couple of other nice players, they're going to have to work really, really hard to keep the score down because it's, I don't see this offense scoring many points. Speaking of, I guess, wins, do you have an idea of what their record might be? I, I think like the, you know, actually I'll just do a little plug. I've been working through a uh, a series of ceiling and floors for each of the divisions and each okay. team in each division uh, over at the touchdown. Um, I've done, I've not done the AFC West yet, but I think that, I think the ceiling for the Raiders is maybe six wins. Yeah. And the floor can be as low as three. That's hilarious because I literally just have them at three and 14. Okay. I was yeah, like, so you're pessimistic for sure. I've like looked at just their schedule. It sucks. They run yeah. the gauntlet right off rip. They start off with the Broncos, and it, the Broncos, I mean, that's a very kind of iffy team right now, but I like the Broncos a lot more than the Raiders. Then you got to go play the Bills. Both of these are away games. And then your fo- first home game is against a Steelers team that's on the come up. Yeah. And then you see the Chargers. So your first winnable game isn't until week five against the Packers. Then that is still still pretty tough. Even it's not, then, it's not, a, it's not a gimme. Definitely not because, God, depth is just... This team, there's not a lot of young talent and there's not a lot of depth. 
we were talking about if, yeah. if I had any Raiders fans listening, they're not listening anymore. I can tell you that. Dude, <laughs> it, it kills me because Chandler Jones, he's getting up there in age. He's not a mm-hmm. spring chicken. Max Crosby has been incredible. It sucks he's wasting his time in Las Vegas. Tyree Wilson will be nice for that run defense. The, the one thing that I'm a little more confident in is I think the run defense has potential to be halfway decent. And by halfway decent, I mean like maybe in the low teens or high teens, low 20s, which... Play to an acceptable level. Yeah, they, they'll play to the point where, okay, not everyone's going to run through them. So, nice. They'll be forced to pass. And when they are forced to pass... They'll probably kill that secondary. So but the problem is as well, like you say, even with the the sign of Marcus Peters, the secondary isn't great. No. And let's be honest, let's just go back a second to what you were just talking about, the run defense. Like, even if you have like an above average run defense, how valuable is that in twenty twenty three? Agreed, completely. Because you know, it's a passing league as we know, and without getting into the, the weeds of, you know, efficiency numbers and things like that, like just black and white, like the pass is miles more valuable. And you know, to have a good Run defense. It's only cutting off half of the the problem. It's only oh, stemming the bleeding. I I would be surprised if this team is a seller at the trade deadline. They just don't have anything going for it. They don't have a future at quarterback. I mean, you got Devonte Adams, and Devonte Adams is still great. Don't get me wrong; he's still a top mm. five wide receiver. But why would a top five wide receiver want to waste away? In Las Vegas, when one of the reasons he came was uh, Derek Carr, and cool. now he's all the way in New Orleans, throwing <laughs> to his new best friend Chris Olave. So, which I actually I don't want to give any fantasy advice. I'm about to start up my fantasy home league here soon, and I, I can't let them know about my love for Chris Olave. Which I I, I, I'm, I was like I might as well put it out there. Chris Olave is awesome. <laughs> Yeah. He was my wide receiver one in that class. Really? See, yeah, I was a big fan. I got bullied into moving him into wide receiver four. <laughs> oh, I, really? Okay. Yeah, I had I had him at three and Drake London at, like, four. And I like well. everyone, like, I got lambasted. Everyone let me know how wrong I was. And I was like, you know what? I went back and I watched it, and I was like, I guess I see the appeal. I, I see some of the concerns. I'll just... I'll put Chris Olave at four, but I, I had Jamison Williams at one, so yikes. <laughs> I had Jahan Dotson at two. Yeah, I wasn't big on Jahan Dotson. I, I mean, love Jahan hugely here, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got to take the out on that one a little bit because he's been very good. But yes, yeah, I, uh, I wasn't a big Jahan Dotson fan because I thought he was going to be a smaller receiver who was a guy that won like a big guy, but he didn't yeah. have the body of a big guy. But he's got the jump, and yeah, you know, he's proved me wrong a little bit in Washington. So I love I smaller receivers. Like I always fall in love with about three or four slot guys in the draft, and have them like ten rankings higher than what everyone else does. I don't know what it is. I, I guess it's me growing up watching Julian Edelman all the time. Is what did it. <laughs> well, I mean they're important, right? So, oh yeah, they're very important. Josh Downs is going to be fantastic out in uh, Indy, so I got to keep calling my shot with that one because that's my UNC boy, which. God, I need college football to be back. I need Drake May to become my number one quarterback because I almost put him there for my QB episode, which if you haven't already, if you somehow skipped that episode, you should totally check it out. It's never too early to talk about the NFL draft. 
Never. Never. That's like it's year round. I I completely agree. I didn't realize draft season is all season until like last year. I was like, oh my god, I could watch football all year. You've been enlightened, dude. It's it's fantastic. Well, dude, let me let me just ask you one quick question before we move on. So we obviously just talked about Drake May. Could Drake May be the quarterback for the Vegas Raiders? I hope I hope not. I really hope <laughs> not because it's very possible he could. This is a team. That's that, the route, right? This team is contending for a top five pick. That's it. That's all yeah. they're contending for, and yeah, yeah. they should. They really should. They don't really have a lot of talent that I like youth wise because, I mean, they flopped on all their picks. They they can't for some reason draft talent at all, and. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they could end up with Drake May, honestly. I it would break my heart. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of disappointed that you've put this nightmarish thought into my head. <laughs> I might not be able to sleep tonight because put of down that. on the pod within twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, dude. I gotta. Uh, it's been nice talking to everyone. Uh, we gotta go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, of course. Well, I think everyone kind of gets the point on the Raiders. This team, like. They didn't have many great things. Like, I'm not even kidding. For the Marcus Peters thing, when they signed him, I didn't even go back and edit my notes. Uh, still not phased. That secondary is not going to be good. And if this team is to even get... Because what's funny is, for me, I put their ceiling at seven wins. Man, I was being generous. And I said, for all that to happen, it's like, Jimmy G will have to, like, turn back the clock. The offensive line will have to improve. Devontae Adams is going to have to do the Lord's work. Like... <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, y'all get the point. The Raiders stink. We'll move on to our number three. Lee, who do you have at three? So this is the Denver Broncos. Yep. Who I I, I have as like a clear third tier on their own. And I don't know. I've been thinking about this as we've been talking. Maybe it's four tiers because the the Chiefs are a bit different. But anyway, we'll get to them in due course. But yeah, the Broncos, they're going to be a bit better than last year. Okay. Because Sean Payton's there. Yeah. You know, in that 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 comes with a certain level of acumen and a certain flaw that he's going to introduce to this team. Like it's year one, and he's going to have to do things his way, and he's going to take a little bit of time to get it that way. But I think he'll get there. He'll he'll get to some level of success. Things that are holding me back from really boosting the Broncos up to the level of you know maybe being in the mix for the second overall team in this division. There's a couple of things, really. First of all, they've lost Ajero Evero, who had that defense humming last year. Right. And as much as, like, you know, a lot of the talent is still there, they've not lost a ton of talent. You know, going through a another switch, you know, back to Vance Joseph, is going to be tough, I think, you know, to go from one to the other to back. And then the other side of things is, Russell Wilson, he was a lot of it falls on him. And you know, can can Sean Payton get him to even three quarters of what he was in Seattle? You know, at the peak of his powers. I mean, because he wasn't great towards the end either. But he was genuinely certified bad last year. Oh, it was awful, like really terrible. And um, you know, is that the is that the the Russell Wilson of now? You know, or is that down to other factors? I don't know. That is a big, big question mark, and it's just one that I just can't get past. It's for me this Broncos team. I feel like a lot of it falls on the fact of how much do you believe that Russell Wilson had a fluke year, 
And how much do you believe that Sean Payton can turn this thing around? Because it's going to take time. I don't think they'll have, like, I would not be surprised if this team starts 0-2, honestly. I'll say, let, let's see here. I'm looking at who they start off against. The, the Broncos. Okay, the Raiders. Never mind. Oh, no, I lied. Raiders and Washington. Both winnable. They could get, you know what? There you go. There's your warm-up games for Sean Payton. I won't be surprised if they go 2-0 there. As much as I actually kind of like the Commanders, I, but I don't see them beating the Dolphins week three. They could have a pretty good start, but it's like, dude, the AFC West, they got a, they got a tough schedule. I'm looking at it. They got to play the yeah. Jets, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Vikings, the Lions. Yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's the AFC East and the NFC North, so two tough divisions. Mm. The whole division is going to have to play, so it's going to be tough schedules the whole way through. It is. I didn't even, wow. Yeah, that's tough. Denver Broncos, for me, I, I look at it. I liked a lot of what they added to this roster. I liked they added Ben Powers at guard. They added Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. I was, I like both of those pickups because one of the big issues was Russell Wilson could not stand in that pocket for like a second. He was running for his life last year. I, I, dude, I wish I would have put the, the number of how many times he was pressured because I believe it was over 50. Or how much was it? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm so sorry, but. I think the O-line should be improved. I kind of like what they've been building there. Losing Draymond Jones isn't the greatest of things. Uh, they added Zach Allen and Frank Clark, though. So, should be fine there. I think this defense is still going to be solid, even though they lost. I mean, as you said, he had that defense humming last year, but they lost him. And they got Vance Joseph now. I, st- I still believe in it a little bit. You said floors and ceilings, correct? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. What if you don't mind? What do you? What do we got right now for this Broncos team? Because they're think, polarizing. Yeah, so I think the ceiling, the ceiling is fairly high. You know, Sean Payton can resurrect Russell Wilson. Like they've still got some, some good talent. Like the talent difference between what we've just been talking about with the Raiders is quite a jump to oh, I agree. where the Broncos are for sure. Because like, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. Like. Regardless of the coaching situation and the potential bumps in the road that might come with that, like you say, the talent level on the defense is still pretty high. I think that they could probably do with another edge rusher who's going to start, you know, because they've yeah. got Baron Brown on the pop right now and Randy Gregory. There's always something going on with Randy Gregory that always. means he's not completely on football. Same with Frank Clark. They just need like a real solid influence on the edge there. I feel like the secondary is going to be really good linebackers who cares about linebackers these days um, <laughs> you know what i mean and then like i say they spend money on the offensive line they spent a bit too much money but they've got some good players like you say Mike, the ben powers are good players they spent too much money on garrett balls who i don't believe in but they've got some yeah. wide receivers and like they say the, the talent level has just increased talking from one team to the other it just all depends on russell wilson it does uh, the I... other massive positive is that javante williams is back sorry to cut you off there oh no you're completely he's, good he's and and I mean, you're not going to stop me talking about Javante Williams being a UNC guy. But I love Javante. I do as well. And I was absolutely gutted when he went to the Broncos in the draft because me both. I was huge on him. Um, you know, for UNC with him and Michael Carter, that was a great backfield. It was. And yeah, to hit to have him going to a team who's one of my team's rivals is, is just not what I wanted. But that's going to be big. That's going to mean that he's going to be able to 
really take some of the load off Russell Wilson, which wasn't really possible last year. I believe he's back to a full participant in camp, if I'm not mistaken. I think already, you're right. which yeah, was I think you're right. amazing. The fact that that happened, I, I literally watched that happen too, which hurt my soul. But mm. yeah, he's had a pretty speedy recovery. And I mean, it's one of those things you're not going to have to, you can ease him into it. They got Samaji Pirine this offseason as well, yeah, which I, exactly. I like that signing a lot. I think that's a big upgrade as your second option. And it's a great insurance policy for Javante Williams and someone like him. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's crazy though, because the amount of pressure that this man Russell Wilson has going into twenty twenty three, he might have the most weight on his shoulder this season. Because he came there, he was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be John Elway's quarterback for this Broncos mm-hmm. team after the assortment of characters that they've had since Manning. <laughs> uh well we've had Brock Osweiler, we've had Paxton Lynch. You know, it's it ain't been easy for it's Broncos fans. It's, it's been, been bad. bad. Yeah. I was happy for the carousel to keep turning, and then they got Russell, and then he turned out to be one of these type of characters, which was fantastic from I, my point of view. Which was I have I've, I've had a anti Russell Wilson agenda for quite some time, and this helped the agenda. I won't lie, but I also think he played worse than I even thought he could, because I'm I'm looking at this roster, and is if he can turn back the clock and play remotely close to how he played in Seattle. I I have a lot of faith. I Cortland Sutton. I like Cortland Sutton. I don't like him as much as a lot of others do, but I like Sutton. Jerry Judy is still one of the best route runners in the league. But I after that, Tim Patrick, I'm not the biggest Tim Patrick guy. I don't think he's the greatest third option. Um I was ecstatic when they drafted Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I think that could make for an excellent addition out of the slot. And I'd love to see him be involved year one, but that could be asking for a bit much. He's still a rookie. The O-line should be improved. This offense can't be as bad as last year, right? It shouldn't be. I mean, Peyton, you know, he, he's got, like I say, a lot of acumen. He, he's called a lot of good offenses. He's worked with all the quarterbacks as well, obviously with Drew Brees and things like that. So he should know that he can mend, meld with Russell Wilson really well. And sort of speak the same sort of language, if if you know what I mean. You know, he's not yeah. teaching from ground zero. You know what I mean? Like you would do with a rookie. So he should do well. I mean, I know that Joe Lombardi is now the offensive coordinator, but I know he won't be calling plays, so I can't celebrate that too much. Because as a Chargers fan, he's pretty much public enemy number one, or was at least last year. <laughs> but I don't think he'll be calling the plays. So I don't think we'll be seeing uh, stick ahead too much in terms of the routes that the Broncos receivers will be running and it'll be Sean Payton's ride and Joel Lombardi will just be there to you know I don't know just do whatever he does um maybe you know do a little bit of quarterback coaching and things like that but Payton will be calling the plays but yeah I think he I think that'll that'll lead to a little bit of a bump for the offense I think and yeah like you said there's talent there so I think the if I didn't think I put a number on it earlier on but I'll put a ceiling on it for 10 wins for the Broncos and maybe a floor of five or six. I can see that. I actually, for my record for them, I have them turning it back, which sucks. I don't like the Broncos, not one bit. But it's hard. I looked at this. I actually don't. I, I kind of like this roster. I'm, I mean, the O-line, it should be, I think, like they, they, they put a little too much money into it, definitely. Ben Powers should make a solid left guard. I like Mike McGlinchey. He should be a very good tackle. But 
I'm happy about the additions. I don't think they lost too much. I mean, unless you think Calvin Anderson, who's now a Patriot, is like a massive loss, then big whoop there. <laughs> but this offense last year, I'm looking at it. Their DVOA was 29th last year. Mm, it's bad. That's bad. Oh, I never even said what I have them going finishing. I have them finishing eight and nine, currently. So, yeah, I can get along with that. I can get along with it, that. And it's one of those things. It was hard for me to like. At first, it's like nine and eight, and then I looked at it for like a minute, and I was like, I don't like it. A couple, a few too many games rolled their way in my original prediction, and I switched it up eight and nine. I like that a lot more. I think this defense will be. I think this defense will still be pretty solid. I mean, you still got one of the best young cornerbacks if not the best cornerback in the game right now with Patrick Sertain. I know I've seen a couple of debates online between who's better, him or Sauce Gardner's number one guy, because inter- or the end of last season, those two were really kind of in a league of their own. Yeah, I mean, we, we almost had like a little bit of a debate between ourselves over with our Jet Sweep article that we did. We did. Your previous uh, previous uh, host, uh, sorry, previous guest, Jack. <laughs> You know, where it was going, you know, back and forward with, with us sort of talking about that sort of pick, you know, who was going to go first. And it was very, very close, wasn't it? I think I think I went for Sauce, actually, in that in our non-quarterback draft over at the, the Jet Suite. But it was very, very close, and I was considering Patrick Satan. I think he went a few picks later. So, yeah, I mean, these are the the next two kind of faces of the cornerback position, really, aren't they? They are. I, I completely agree. These are really the next big two, and... When I'm, there's a lot of cornerback talent that's entered this league recently. It's kind of insane to me. I mean, just this year alone, Christian Gonzalez, Devon Witherspoon. That's two. That was like the two big names. I don't know where you stood. Where did you stand on Gonzalez and Witherspoon? Because I, I was a massive Witherspoon fan. I, I personally liked Gonzalez more, but I don't think there's like a whole line. Yeah, very, very worthy of their first round status. Agreed. I, I, I love that. Gonzalez was a patriot. I missed when I could mock uh, Witherspoon mid-teens to the Patriots, and I was so happy. And then I started seeing him get to go like third, fourth. And I was like, no, no, you can't do, dude. All my guys got robbed from me last year, man. I was mocking Zay Flowers to the Patriots as the steal of the draft in the third round <laughs> over a year ago from today. But uh, we all know how that went. First round, and he's apparently been a standout for that Ravens camp yeah. I don't know if you've read he's apparently looked the best which doesn't surprise me at all that rec- like that, that receiving course is something I would say they've got a little bit of a bump haven't they from the past few years that what they've been putting out they like, have yeah you know, who've they got they've got Aguilar who probably would have been their best wide receiver with the past because it was who was it Devin Duvernay wasn't it last year yeah and now they've got a few, a few names I've got to say though I'm not the biggest Odell believer anymore. Yeah, but he's certainly better than you know rolling out Devin Duvernay's wide receiver one. I agree. I I would say, hey, luckily that episode will be out right before this one. I would say that episode, as of the time we are recording this, will already be out. Or actually, that's a lie. As of the time we're recording this, it'll be out tomorrow. But it'll already be out by the time y'all hear this. So there we go. We we on top of things over here, man. We 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 ahead of the game. Anyways, my guy. dude, it's I've been trying to get ahead because I got school coming up again soon. So I got to kind of give myself a little bit of leeway, <laughs> leeway. Anyways, <laughs> well, with that being said, I feel like we kind of get the idea with the Broncos. There, There's a lot that could go right and there's a lot that could go wrong. This is a very polarizing 
team, and they're entering a very interesting year. I wouldn't be surprised if this team is. You said what was their floor five? Yeah, I heard five or six. I'll I'll go I'll go five. Yeah, I would say I would. I think the the range of outcomes is definitely quite wide, as you've kind of said. It's one of the wider ones, I'd say. It's it's a lot like the uh, the Browns, just not as good of a roster. That Browns team. God, I don't know. They they could finish as like a potential division winner, but I would not be shocked if they finished last. That AFC North is very good though, so that's that's not saying too much. Moving on to our number two. We had Raiders and then we had Broncos. Who did you have finish second? I no surprise. It's uh, it's my guys, the Chargers. Yeah. Because I mean, like I said, I'd like to think it would be this would be the Chargers and Chiefs in their own tier. But then on second thought, I've been talking like I said, I don't know if the Chiefs are just in their own their own tier, and it is very four distinct levels to this to this division. It probably is, if I'm being really honest and taking kind of personal opinion and bias out of it. It probably is that, really, um, because as much as the Chargers have shown that they can sort of they they can they can keep things close with the Chiefs and they can definitely beat them on the day. It's kind of the Chiefs division so it's not right because yeah. they are the team that everyone's chasing. They've got Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, is, Mahomes <laughs> is the quarterback, you know, the number one quarterback in the league quite clearly. And um, so yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I do think the Chargers are the second best team. I think that is quite clear. I still still think they they are above the Broncos and certainly the Raiders. I think they're I think far this above. Team, Say that again, sorry? I think they're far above both. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to finish on with the Broncos saying I think they are on upswing, because you kind of phrased it earlier. And I think this year for the Broncos might be kind of like a bedding in year for Sean Payton. And then next year, they'll be more of a threat to that number two spot. But yeah, for this coming season for 2023, I definitely think you're right. I think the Chargers are the, your firm number two and you know should be looking to push the Chiefs as far as they can in terms of the division. I'd love that to happen. <laughs> I'm not sure it will because you can't really bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And like I say, it's kind of their division until it's not, until someone proves it. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Chargers, really. I'm kind of waiting for them to prove it, because I've, like a lot of people, got sucked into preseason hype with the Chargers one too many times. And this year, I'm just not indulging in it. I'm not against the Chargers. I'm not going to say that we're going to have a bad season. I'm not a naysayer by any means. I think we've got a good team. I think we've got a good roster. I think it's deep. I think the coaching changes that we've made are good and positive. You know, Justin Herbert is arguably the second best quarterback in the league, but like you got to prove it. <laughs> You've just got to prove it mm. and go out there and win 12 games consistently. You know, I think that's the sort of thing that they could do. They could win 12, they could win 13, but the Chiefs might win 14. <laughs> that's just the way it is, yeah. in this division. Um, but, you know, you've got to push them and you've got to make that, that wild card, make that fifth seed your own. And, you know, once you're at the dance, then it's anyone's game, right? I'm so excited that you said arguably the second best quarterback. Where, where, where do you have Herbert currently? I think, again, like, I think it's a little bit outdated to just give them numbered rankings. Yeah, like, it's all it numbered, tiers, right? yeah, it's all about tiers. Everyone, everyone who knows anything does it by tiers. So Mahomes, tier one, for sure. He's S plus tier, tier of his own. Yeah, I would say so. Like, Again, it's kind of like what I've just been saying about the Chiefs. He's kind of like in his own tier until he's not. You know, what I mean? yeah. like, we talked about it before we started recording. The Chiefs were supposed to take this step back last year, and they obviously didn't. They won the Super Bowl. Chief, sorry, Mahomes is number one. And then tier two would be the three sort of other big quarterbacks, I would say, at this moment in time, in my opinion, in terms of Herbert, Burrow, Josh Allen. 
that's my three. And then tier three would contain people like Lamar, Dak Prescott, absolutely. Mac don't Jones. Don't, no, I <laughs> don't know why people hate Prescott, by the way. I know Jack will have my back on this. I don't know why people hate Prescott. He's an amazing quarterback. Most overhated. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a really good way to describe it. And then maybe people like uh, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers. I might be missing one or two, but that's that sort of ilk of quarterback for sure. As as much as tears are the infinitely smarter option, I love angering people, and that's why I love numbers. <laughs> because me personally, I mean, it's Mahomes. Then I got Burrow too. I put Herbert three. Josh Allen for me is like usually like five six. Personally, maybe four. I'm. But I guess maybe that's my bias being a little clouded, but this ain't a quarterback episode. You know what it is as well, before we move on? What's up? It's, it's so fluid as well. Like, in the season, it's so fluid. You yeah. know, like, someone could go on an absolute tear. Like, for example, the end of the season uh, last year, um, you know, the Chargers won, like, four or five games in a row, rattled that off, got into the playoffs. You know, had the Jags game not happened, and obviously we know that it did, Justin Herbert would have been seen in a completely different light. Yeah. You know, to kind of come through the injuries, rattle off those wins towards the end of the season, win a playoff game, probably get beaten by the Chiefs in the in the divisional round, whatever. You know, that would have seen him in a completely different light, like I, like I say. And, you know, that would have meant that he might have gone from like a middle of the road, like in that second tier, you know, maybe behind Josh Allen, maybe behind Burrow, maybe behind someone who was creeping up in there in some other people's minds. To probably being like the number two, you know. So this is kind of like how we see it because I think the and you see it all the time on X, Twitter, whatever we're saying. And I guess like this is another funny thing, isn't it? That you know we'll call it Twitter, just like a lot of people yeah. said the San Diego Chargers for years, <laughs> and that's only just started stopping. So good luck, Elon Musk, in getting people to call it <laughs> uh, anything but Twitter because this has taken what about seven years now for the <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers to be called that by everyone. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, you know, it's like I say, it's so fluid, and it's one of those things that if this, if it all happens in a different order, then it can be seen completely differently. You know, I think what separates these quarterbacks is the fact that Justin Herbert clearly doesn't play good enough defense. That's the issue here. If Justin <laughs> Herbert wanted to be better, he has to play more defense. I, yeah, I, you, dude, you, you're right. I mean, you see, the 27 and, you see the 27 and 0 thing the whole time. Dude. And that's like, that's what people, that's what perpetuates the narrative, right? Dude, I'll tell you what's funny. I saw on Twitter recently how the Chargers have scored more points in Herbert starts than any other quarterback through their first three seasons. They've also allowed the most more points in Justin Herbert starts than any other quarterback through the first three seasons. It's bad, isn't it? Oh, it's bad. It's really bad for a defensive head coach. It's very bad. This is the problem, though, right? That you know, I feel like because Staley was hired in that period where everyone who kind of had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay was a genius. And I'm not because he is a very, very good defensive coordinator, um, as he's proven with the Rams. He's taken that step up to become a head coach, and he's a great defensive game planner. You know, we saw that in particular last year against the Dolphins. Um, when we were a bit short-handed in the defense, and then we came out and won that game against a, a hot Dolphins team, you know, and he needs to he needs to step it up because he in the first season he was a little bit hamstrung by he didn't really have his guys right, and then year two goes out and gets the likes of Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, um, Austin Johnson, you know, on the defensive line to shore up that run defense that had been plaguing us so much the first year, and then it was 
slightly better, but no, no real, not really a a significant jump up there in the the run rankings, you know. And really now it's put up or shut up for the whole team, not just for Brandon Staley, but for particularly him because he'll probably lose his job if if things don't go too well. Like the they need to win a playoff game this year. That's just the long and short of it, and that might not even be enough to save him. Because yeah. this team is all in, right? We're like with the Justin Herbert extension that's just dropped today, that saves us ten million dollars next year off the cap. So, we're, but we're still fifty million over because of all the reshoots that it did to push it all into this year. Because this is it. Yeah, this is the all in year. You know, and we've been saying that. You know, we've got Herbert now, so we've got a chance, pretty much at any point during his lifespan as the quarterback. But. This is the this is our shot right now, yeah. And it needs to happen at some level. Like I say, it needs to be at least a win of a playoff game, and really, it needs to be much more. I'll be honest here. I know we were talking about the buying into the Chargers preseason hype, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real here. I, you're probably playing a little bit more lenient because you're a fan and you've you've had your heart broken more than I have about this. Certainly have. I'm all in personally. <laughs> I've got the Chargers <laughs> going eleven and six. And because I mean, okay, here's how I see it. That team was riddled with injuries last year. You know it better than I do. They still yeah. finished ten and seven, had a spot in the playoffs. Sure, they blew the big lead. I'm not gonna sit sit here and say it happens, cause I mean it does, but it doesn't. Like that lead was insane, and it's just I, as long as this team can stay on the field together. I think they're going to have sex because what was crazy to me is before like through 10 weeks of football last year, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen saw less than 50 snaps together. Yeah, that's insane. That was that's a big problem, especially when it's like I I like Josh Palmer. I really do. I'm not the I I like Josh Palmer for the most part. But after that, I mean, what was it? It was um, it was the Andre Carter, as we said earlier. Yeah. And a guy, guys that you'd never even heard of. You had three players, I believe, last season reach career highs in receptions and yards. And they're yeah. most like, like me, I like Gerald Everett. I actually do like Gerald Everett as a tight end. I think that's a pretty good piece. But y'all clearly needed a guy to take the top off of a defense. Yeah. And I'll be honest here. I don't think y'all got the right receiver. But I'm not going to sit here and say that Quentin Johnston wasn't a good pick because I don't know where you stand with it, but it wasn't who I thought y'all would go after, but I still think he's talented enough where I think he's a good addition because y'all really needed a playmaker because I was looking, where is this number real fast? I'm so sorry. I had it. I believe y'all finished 24th in like, separation from y'all's receivers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that just, I mean, I can tell you a lot about that. The Patriots receivers do not create separation. So I know how abysmal that is to have to watch. So y'all really needed a guy who could separate. And, I mean, Johnson, 6'3", and a four five nine. I mean, he's fairly solid, deep threat, I guess. But I just, I thought, I mean... Y'all had all the receivers on the board, didn't we? Or did the Seahawks already have taken? The Seahawks took Jackson Smith. Okay, Jr., they, it, that was it. That would have probably been the best choice for y'all. But <laughs> honestly, I would have been like, if Zay Flowers was the Charger right now, I'd be ecstatic. I'd probably give y'all twelve wins, but he's not. <laughs> Quentin Johnston is the receiver here, eleven and six. I like this team. 
I really do. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy with the wide receiver room. I think, you know, what we're going to see is we're going to see what we always see from Mike Williams. He is a, a kind of deep threat because he can access the deep yeah. part of the field. He just doesn't win with speed like he wins vertically, as everyone knows. You know, he's making acrobatic catches and body control catches that are just out of this world. What this is going to do is this is going to give us a run after the catch threat, which we've just not had for ever. <laughs> you know, at the wide receiver position, in terms of you know the Chargers' recent history, Quentin Johnson is going to give us that on the outside. Yeah. Then you're going to have Old Man Keenan, you know, who's almost going to become like. You're almost Larry Fitzgerald kind of, you know, used to be an outside guy. Now he's just cooking people in the slot with route running and, and chops sort of thing. And, um, you know, you've got a great depth piece in, in Josh Palmer and then a couple of guys after that who are interesting. You know, Jalen Guyton is your deep threat, you know, your pure speed deep threat. And then we also drafted Darius Davis, who is more of a gadget guy, more of a return guy. But again, he's got the, like, the speed. So we, we got some speed on the roster. And I think Quentin Johnson's... Um, GPS tracking that the Chargers are really bought into, as opposed to maybe the standard forty time, sold a, a different story about his game speed rather than his like straight line speed, which right. you know is really is kind of interesting and um it's something that is worth kind of taking note of because, like I say, I feel I feel like watching the tape, I feel like he plays faster than his forty time number, definitely. But it gives us that, it gives us that yard after the catch, which is what we need. You know, Gerald Everett gives us a little bit of that from tight end. You've also got a lot of um, height in the, the whole roster, you know, with Gerald Everett, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Donald Parham, the other tight end who we've got, you know, and, you know, we've got some some players on this roster who are very, very good. You know, the, the offensive line looks about as solid as I've seen it as a Chargers fan, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. And the run game is hopefully going to be enhanced by Kellen Moore. So offensively, this is ticking. So it all only really needs Brandon Staley to get us up to being a average middle of the pack defense oh yeah we're cooking and like you say it's going to be like 11 12 wins potentially however what i'll say is for my ceiling well not my ceiling but maybe my more realistic record because i would say maybe 11 12 wins is the ceiling but what my realistic record might be is 10 and 7 again which sounds like a bit disappointing but i think we'll there'll be a better team for it I because, can, the, I can because see that. Said, the, the schedule is so difficult it's tough to get 11 12 wins with that schedule unless you get loads of you know, the bounce of your ball goes your way. Maybe injuries you come up against for the other team that, you know, maybe they're a bit short-handed and you just get them on the right week or something like that. But I think, like, my realistic expectation or uh, prediction, should I say, would be 10-7. and 7. And maybe that is me being a bit kind of like, you know, trying to keep the hype. On the <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, yeah, there'll be a better team for it. They'll be more dangerous in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy with that, to be fair. If, you know, making the playoffs, being in the dance, then you're dangerous. And I feel like on the day they can beat anyone. It's it's one of those things we talked about the value of how valuable is run defense right now, but the Chargers' run defense is so bad to the point that it's pretty valuable. Like yeah. it, that's one you, thing. You've got a clearer bar, right? Do you know what's crazy to me? Despite all the injuries and how J.C. Jackson, even when he was playing, did not play to form. No. Do you know what y'all's uh, secondary ranked in the pass? For uh, DVOA defensively? I don't know the number, but it, it's good, right? Tenth. Yeah, it's Which, not too bad. That shocked me because, and I looked into it and kind of like watched a good bit. I did not realize Michael Davis stepped up when JC yeah, Jackson was time. out. He played really well. And I like Asante Samuel Jr. So yeah. if JC Jackson can come back and play remotely close to how he played in New England, 
I like that secondary overall. Yeah. You got Derwin yeah. James, but who's the other safety? So at the moment, it's going to be a Lowy Gilman. Yeah. With JT Woods, the draft pick from last year behind him. I'm not, I don't love that, to be honest with you. I, I don't really want us to go out and sign John Johnson because, you know, Brandon Staley is playing his best football at the Rams under Brandon Staley. It just seems a hand and glove fit. And I don't love the depth. So I'd rather us just go out and do that. And then Gilman will be the third safety, and that's fine because that's what he's been doing the whole time. It needs it just needs that one body just to take us over the edge. But just Agreed. kind of rewind a little bit on um, a couple of points that you've just made. First of all, JC Jackson, he's back. He's in training camp today, first day of training camp. Love to hear that. Taking first team reps, unhindered, no brace, no nothing on his knee. So Good. looks to be all systems go, which is great. Second of all, you're completely correct about Michael Davis. I actually wrote an article last week on Bolt Beat. Really? Uh, which where I was asking, uh, is Michael Davis the most underrated corner in the NFL? And I believe he is. I would believe Because it. he is, you know, he's, he stepped up from being CB4 this time last year when we signed JC Jackson to the, you know, CB1. And how often do you hear of a team who made the playoffs, is a good team, pretty much universally recognized as a, a good team in the NFL, and their CB1 does not get any recognition around the league? And that's what we've got. That's I completely agree. I cause I I'd, I'd always heard the name. I'd heard Michael Davis. I'd watched a couple of Chargers games this past year, and I I decided to watch one as well while I was. Uh, I mean, sadly, it was the one that y'all blew the lead. I decided to because I actually didn't get to watch that live. I was at work, so I went. I watched that while I was doing writing up on a lot of this stuff. But I was impressed overall. Michael Davis. I I looked into it. His numbers look good. I know it's a lot of things like the numbers don't always tell the story. A lot of it's tape. Oh. But I, I saw him play a good bit last year. He really stepped up. And this secondary has shown some promise. I'm not a fan of Alohi Gilman starting at free safety. But we'll see where that goes. What I'm concerned, not concerned, what I'm interested in is, what's your thoughts on the Eric Kendricks signing? I think it's just, it's got almost like the same sort of train of thoughts what we've been having with um, Sean Payton being the head coach of the Broncos. I think it's there to bring a certain level of competence and leadership to that sort of middle of the defense, I would say. Because we got Kenneth Murray right, who first round draft pick um Herbert was drafted and he's not lived up to it at all. You know, we didn't take up his fifth year option, so he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um obviously letting Drew Tranquil go because we really couldn't afford to pay him. So almost by default, Kenneth Murray is a starter. We've got Dan Henley, who we've drafted from Washington State this year, who isn't ready to start, but might be in 12 months. So you can kind of see that Eric Kendrick is going to be like the adult in the room. He's going to be the dad of the room. Maybe, hopefully, bring Kenneth Murray along this year and in the background bring on Diane Henley. Right. Like, And then Diane Henley can become the starter next year. Eric Kendrick on a two-year deal, so he can kind of play that role again. Like, Eric Kendrick has been a very, very good linebacker. For the Especially in the run recently. duration of his career. But he's probably lost a step coming you know, into the Chargers. He's still very, you know, very good leader and things like that. And he's probably, you know, above average as a linebacker as well in both run and pass facets, especially the pass because he's, you know, he's been excellent against the pass his whole career. But I think he's here to kind of be a steward of that room, bring in the new, the uh, this kind of new era in Diane Henley, and then kind of maybe elevate Kenneth Murray a little bit. But um, he's, yeah, I'm not crazy about the signing because i don't love linebackers as you know yeah <laughs> but yeah i think it's a sensible signing 
I say I'm I'm the one in charge of watching the linebackers for uh, <laughs> the Jets God. sweep. I I love watching linebackers. There's something about it. And I was very ecstatic when y'all got Diane Henley. I'm very ecstatic because one thing with him is like yeah he's middle linebacker yeah but he can attack the quarterback. He can oh, yeah. get back there, which I'm very excited about. That could be another aspect to that pass rush because at the end of the day that run defense is abysmal. But if he can get to that backfield. Real quick, he can probably shut down the run a little bit more than uh, we said. Oh my goodness! Oh my, what? Kenneth Murray. There we go. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> Kenneth Murray. Is he hasn't lived up to his draft pick at all? No, it's it's no. been pretty bad. Um, he doesn't rate very highly either for just anything as a linebacker. He's not very great. Eric Kendricks. I actually like the signing fairly well. I don't like how he somehow ended up in the NFL top 100. That was something. <laughs> Dude, the NFL top 100. We'll have to talk a little bit about that after we get done with this part for a second because we're only like through 11 rankings and it already sucks. Like, actually, we've gone through 20 and it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. But, anyways, I'm excited about Diane Henley. I won't be shocked if he takes snaps away from Kenneth uh, Murray like this season. I really wouldn't. Yeah, late late in the season that could definitely be a thing for sure. Definitely. So, I don't know. I got y'all at 11 and 6. I like this team. I've kind of sort of bought into it, but I'm also a Kellen Moore guy. I re- I can admit yeah. Kellen Moore. I, I was a lot higher on him years ago. And the Cowboys offense, I mean, okay. Like the past couple of years, I'm not as high on Kellen Moore, but overall, I still really like him. So, I would have been happier with Kellen Moore than, uh, oh my goodness. Well, I've, I've, I've had to try and like get rid of his name from the back of my head. No, it's uh, Matt Patricia. There we go. I would have rather had oh, okay. Kellen Moore than Matt Patricia. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I'm, I'm still like scarred for life from last season. That was, whew. Moving on though. I guess, spoiler alert, our number one team is... The Kansas City Chiefs, and it is. I'll let you kind of go ahead, walk us through why we think that. Like I said, it it is it's their division until it's their, until it's not right. They've got the best quarterback, and as much as this isn't maybe the most talented roster from back to front in the division, probably not in the conference either, or even in the NFL, you know, they still won it. And Mahomes is such a multiplying factor. As well as Andy Reid, as well as having Travis Kelsey, and the freedom in which they play with as well, especially on offense, I think is it just plays into how they these guys want to play, and I believe that their defense kind of plays into that as well. You know, their defense is aggressive, plays to turnovers, wants to get the ball back in Patrick Mahomes' hand, and when it does, then often leads to points going the other way. So it's difficult to keep up. It's almost like they, they, and this is not my kind of comparison by any means, but they're like the Golden State Warriors of, uh, you know, of, of the NFL, aren't they? In terms of like the Golden State Warriors of a few years ago, just shooting three pointers almost exclusively and just kind of, you know, running up the score. That's what the Chiefs are like, you know. I don't even think this is the, the greatest Chiefs team of the Andy Reid era either. But again, it's just won a Super Bowl. So, you know, how can we argue with it too much? Because they've got some stars you know throughout and they've got some rising stars throughout as well because you know this team has drafted pretty well you know outside of the the you know Mahomes the Kelseys you know Chris Jones 
I think he's ready to take Aaron Donald's crown as like I the agree. best defensive tackle. Um, if not, you're one of the best defensive players. Nick Bolton, one of the better linebackers in the NFL. You know, Lejarius Sneed, a guy that they got in the fourth round. He's just really been a great find for this team. You know, George Kalaftis, I think he had nine and a half sacks last year. So you're looking at the team that can replenish with young guys as well They're as drafted very well. Stars to kind of hold hold everything together. And you know they they're always up they're always up to the task of is going finding good reclamation projects and they Agreed. always seem to get something, which is annoying really because I've had um, some Kadarius Tony takes out there that I might have to eat humble pie off if he keeps performing well because he was a car crash in New York and that was kind of marrying up to my uh, my pre draft takes of him. Um, but yeah, they they've made him a useful player. You know, they they go out and get Justin Roth. I don't think it's Justin Roth again is going to be the Justin Roth that we saw in the early days of Clemson. But they go out and they do it. They try these things, and like it doesn't cost them a lot of money to do so. And because of their coaching staff, because of their environment that they've created, they are often successful, or more successful than they might be in other spots. Let's say that. So there's just a lot of there. There's a lot there. There's a lot of there's a lot of winning people, winning culture there, and it's difficult to fight against that because. That stuff's ingrained, right? Especially when you've got a quarterback in his prime like Mahomes, who is as good as he is. So the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan said. It was pretty funny that you mentioned, because like, you honestly took the words right out of my mouth when we were talking about uh, just talent on that team. You got the Mahomes, you got the Travis Kelsey, the little Jerry Sneed. Carl Loftus has made for a very nice draft pick thus far. Yeah, I mean... As we were literally just talking about, we we thought, hey, maybe it's time to take the crown away from our guy Aaron Donald. You know, like this team's they just got good talent, they really do, and it's hard to disagree because we talked about how they're willing to go try things. Last year they didn't have the greatest tackle duo, like Orlando Brown Jr. was. I mean, he, he was good. He was good. It's a good signing, but he's not as high on him as others. Andrew Wiley, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the most penalized tackles in all football last year. So, it was far from perfect. But they replenished it. You got Juwan Taylor. I like Juwan Taylor pretty well. And then you, they decide to go out and they take a chance on Donovan Smith, who had a terrible year last year. Yeah. But here they are. They're going out and they're trying things. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not a betting man. I don't bet. I don't gamble. But if I was, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I bet Donovan Smith plays a lot better than he did last year. I just, there's just something about that Chiefs team. I I really like the addition of Charles Aminahu, personally. I think that's going to make for a de- great um, defensive edge piece. Holy cow. The loss of Juju Smith, Schuster will be not necessarily, I guess, the worst thing. I mean... I, it's one of those things. I believe in Mahomes. He has the ability to elevate talent around him. I'm yeah. I'm fairly curious, or I'm I fairly think that you could probably surround him with the their version of Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and he could probably take him to a Super Bowl. So no you more could, Juju Smith. Mahomes, you could give the you could give Mahomes the Titans wide receiver core the signing of DeAndre Hopkins this, this offseason, and I think he'd be fine. Traylon Burks had Mahomes throwing to him. Just think about the whole fantasy football community right about now. 
My God, they're already high on him, and he's currently dealing with Will Levis, Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill. So, who knows? It's it's one of those things. This Chiefs roster, though, it it, it, it sucks. They're off their second Super Bowl in four seasons, and they're kind of in the driving seat of the West. And it's going to be that way until it isn't. So, yeah. strong roster. It's not as strong in years past, but this is still a good roster. It's hard to see the Chiefs not finish first. And I tried talking myself out of it, I or into it. I really did. I love, I was, man, I'm probably buying too much into the Chargers. And I already know I'm probably going to get burned because of it. But, man, I tried talking myself into the Chiefs finishing second. And I looked at it, and I was just like, no. Mahomes is still under center at the end of the day. That's the best player in football. There's concerns at the wide receiver position. But, once again, they still have Travis Kelsey. So what does it matter? Travis Kelsey, as a tight end, is better than most teams' wide receiver one. Yeah, especially the way they use him. The yeah. way he they use him is insane. So it's like, I'm not too concerned. I, I It would be nice for a second option to really emerge. And who knows, maybe it could be Sky Moore. Maybe. I don't think we'll see the Justin Ross that, as you mentioned, we saw at early days of Clemson by any means. Kadarius Toney, if he can stay healthy, which... He's already aggravated his knee once again, it's been reported, I think yesterday. So, if one of these guys can emerge as a great second option, then I don't see why they don't finish first on or in the division. I really don't. And, I mean, I like Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. I really like Isaiah Pacheco. And it's – that was a fantastic find right there. And – you got Jarek McKinnon still, so I'm not concerned there. Like, how can the best passing attack still have a very good run game? I don't get it. So, whew. their biggest loss, honestly, is you look at it, might have been Orlando Brown Jr. or Frank Clark, really. That was, and at the end of the day, both of those guys were replaceable. So, I think they'll be just yeah, fine. Absolutely. I got them, currently I have them at 12-5. and five. So it's not like as high as a win record as most, but I still think they're going to, the Chiefs, I mean, they're still, I mean, it's, it's, it's football. Any team can win any given Sunday. And the Chiefs yeah. have fallen victim to this time and time again. Like, I've seen them lose the Titans in games they should not have lost to the Titans. I've seen them lose games they shouldn't have. But here we are. It's the Chiefs. I wouldn't be shocked if they finished better than what I have them at, but. As of right now, I got them at twelve and five. Yeah, I would maybe have them have them maybe one win more than that, but we're in the same ballpark, right? And, right. You know, it only comes from the fact that you know this is a pretty tough schedule. Again, they've got to play the Eagles as well outside of the two divisions that we mentioned earlier. Got to play them Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, a sneaky uh... sneaky of game for them is the Jags as well. Agreed. Here they play. You know, Trevor's legit now, isn't he? And um, obviously they've got the Bengals as well, so they've got a tough schedule. Got to play the um, Bills, the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah. It's a tough one. That but Vikings I, I team. Think, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, do think, I do think that they they will overcome a lot of this because you know as much as we're talking about these teams, yeah, they're still probably better than most of these teams. Agreed. I completely agree. And I don't know. I think as of right now, I look at how I have it because I kind of have like. I currently have the entire... Okay, that's a lie. I have the entire AFC except for the AFC South. 
uh, currently with records. So mm-hmm. I got them at 12 and 5, and their losses, I have them splitting with the Chargers. I have them splitting with the Broncos. I think the Broncos will get one off them this year. I have them for now. If I was to flip one of these games, I'd give them the Dolphins game in Germany. And the uh-huh. only reason I'm saying this is because by week nine, who knows how many people that Dolphins team has had to replace due to injuries. Yeah, sure. So it's one of those things. If I was to give them one more and make it 13-4, it'd be that game. But I have them losing to the Jets, and then I have them, which as much as I say the Jets are overrated, I don't know, I just got this feeling. And then I got them losing to the Vikings, even though I'm also not as high on the Vikings this year. I just I like the way they match up. So the Justin so Jefferson. Then they're winning. They're not winning those games, but they're beating the Eagles, the Bills, and the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of see that too. I I was like, hmm, maybe, <laughs> but we'll see. I think part of it played into my bias of the Bills game, I was like, no, no way they beat the Bills, or no way they lose to the Bills, so, whoops, <laughs> I'll have to probably do a little adjustment, because honestly, here's how I see it, I like, do these like, week-by-week matchups, yeah. and as ser- I, I take it serious, but I also don't, I, I shoot for a number I really like, and I usually will like, um, honestly, I'll like, sometimes, like, ooh, they could lose this game, I'll flip a coin, I really do, mm-hmm. It there's just, it's it's unpredictable. It's the NFL. Imagine sometimes, right? Yeah, it, the the NFL is unpredictable, and for that reason, I just I, I get I get my number. I like my number eventually, so I can. I once again, I wouldn't be surprised if I was to give them a ceiling and floor. I'd say ceiling. Thirteen, fourteen wins. Floor. Eleven, like that floor is still very high. So. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, I guess this is, a, this, is, this is like I say, this is this is the team that everyone's chasing, right? And yeah, it's one of those things where if you're predicting the win loss record for a team like the Chiefs, because they've got so much proof, even in the face of like we said last year, you know, everyone was saying they'd take a step back, even in the, the, the face of having a lot of proof in the face of that sort of thing, you just got to sort of believe it that it will happen, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll somehow come out with 12 wins at the end of it. Despite you looking at the roster and going, Donovan Smith isn't good. Juwan Taylor, not so good either. Uh, they don't have many stars at wide receiver. You know, they've got a young defense. This might all fall apart after having a decent year last year. Like, you just can't really buy too much into that sort of mode of thinking with this team because they've just got too many, too many games in the win column and too much proof in the column that says that they're a great team and they are pretty much you know on the verge of becoming a dynasty at this point. Where their tackle situation isn't the greatest, they probably have the best interior defense or offensive line. Yeah, it's insane. You got, of course, my guy Joe Thune over there. You got Creed Humphrey, which the whole Madden thing with him, I don't know if you've seen it. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. The interior line is just good. So it's one of those things. I'm not too scared about the offensive line. It sucks that your tackle situation is the way that it is, but I wouldn't be shocked if John or yeah, Donovan Smith turns back the clock a little bit and plays better than he did last season. Last season was like the lowest of the low of his career, I believe. So yeah. here's the thing with the tackle situation though with or with the well whole offensive line situation with Mahomes though is that he almost like 
lowers the sort of target level that the offensive line's got to get to because he's so good at evading pressure. He's insane and because he's able to get he's he's able to get rid of the ball so quickly and just play the position at such a high level that you don't you don't need like all pro tackles and all Agreed. pro offensive linemen because he's that good. Just don't get a holding call. You know, you just need like exactly you just need serviceable guys and then maybe like one or two stars, which like you say they've got in the interior already. So you just need like serviceable tackles and he'll probably be alright. If I was an offensive lineman, Patrick Mahomes is exactly who I'd want to play in front of. Or that's who yeah. I'd want to protect. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson, that's a nightmare right there. That's a nightmare situation right there as an offensive lineman. So Well, Honestly, I'm not surprised about how this went, really. I kind of thought, I was like, man, we're probably going to have the exact same list. Because I, I kind of talked about this, I think, beforehand. I felt like the AFC West, it wasn't necessarily hard to like predict. It was just kind of, all right, what's the floor, what's the ceiling? Because I feel like who's going to be better than who is kind of sort of a given. So, Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And you know, there's plenty of storylines surrounding each team as we've kind of gone through and we've kind of scratched the surface of. But it's still a super interesting division, no matter the fact that you can still probably put the order out there right now and you'll probably be correct come January. Agreed, which that's all I'm shooting for. I'm trying to be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. You know, it's it. snap. There was something I... Oh, wait. There was something I wanted to talk about afterwards that I put to the side. Oh my god. I can't remember it. Do you remember what we were talking about? Like we kinda like went into it. You mentioned that you might wanted to mention the series quarterback. Was that it? I think we talked about that. There was something we else I mean, we can talk about that of course for a second here. We'll just go ahead and do that, because my mind this is apparently just terrible. Quarterback. Did you enjoy it? I did. I I personally enjoy a lot, if not all, of the kind of inside, behind the curtain kind of series that surrounds the NFL. You know, things like, you know, um, hard docs, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, these sort of things that are cropped up. Like, I enjoyed having a look at, you know, the throughout the season kind of look, not the, you know, the kind of dip in, like, you know, meet this person sort of thing. You know, very briefly, it was kind of like a season-long thing. You got this sort of roller coaster of these people's lives and the season and things like which I think is fantastic. I think it's the best type of content that you can get with this sort of program. Um I'm not sure about the greatest picks in terms of the three quarterbacks that were on there. Like I know that Mahomes is but he was kind of like part of the production so he was kind of always going to be on it I guess and you know a way to start a new series is to get the biggest name possible, right? When they achieve that. Mahomes was fine. I didn't you know I didn't have one way or the other an opinion on him beforehand. Seems like quite a cool guy now. Um, wasn't as annoyed by his wife as I thought it was going to be, which was pleasant, a pleasant surprise. Marcus Mariota was a bit of a letdown, a little bit boring, I thought. But I was really pleasantly surprised by Kirk Cousins, who I thought really was the star of the show overall. And as much as he's like a corny guy, I thought he was like super genuine. I really enjoyed kind of watching him and kind of being kind of, a, like I say, just having like a window into his life almost. And kind of seeing what he goes through, because it's a lot, right? That was one thing that was really stark, is how much these guys are banged up, how much they go through, how much they put themselves on the line to to make the plays that they do. And, you know, in terms of Patrick Mahomes, obviously playing the way he did in the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl and reaching the mountain top when, you know, you're on one leg, for sure. So a lot of respect, kind of, to all three guys, but in particular, 
Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes for the way that they dealt with those situations throughout the program. But yeah, I thought it was a great program. Really looking forward to season two um, with the announced quarterbacks that have, have been announced yesterday, which was like say really, really exciting. The I'm be honest here, I liked it a lot. It, it was the it was not an oh my goodness, it was not the approach I thought they were going to go, but I'm very happy mm. with how it went. You know, I was I very much enjoyed kind of looking more into their life as quarterbacks just outside the NFL. I yeah. wish I could have had a skip button every single time Marcus Mariota or Brittany Mahomes was on my screen. That's the <laughs> only thing I would have wished for differently. That was sometimes hard to watch at times. But other than that, Kirk Cousins unwatched. He's becoming a fan yeah. favorite overnight, which is very nice to see because for the longest, he was one of the most overhated just players in the NFL, I'd say. So, who knows? I uh, I liked it. I'm excited about the next season. I really wish... I don't know. I, I like the setup. It's just... I don't know. I wish there was... I liked my dream setup, personally. Uh, my dream setup, I thought, was pretty fun. I said they should do Joe Burrow. Um, My goodness, well, who was it? It was Joe Burrow as well as I said, Jordan Love. Because I don't know, that's like an interesting storyline I want to keep up with this season. Because there's just a lot on the line there. I said Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Jordan Love. I thought that would have been an insane trio. Because Joe Burrow, he's, he's your star. You got Dak Prescott. That's the Cowboys quarterback right there. And, I mean, one, everyone kind of wants to see. He's a very highly debated guy. A lot of people have him top 10, as they should. A lot of people don't have them in their top 10, which is crazy. <laughs> and then there's Jordan Love, who's just career is on the line. So, yeah, that was my dream scenario. My, my dream scenario is, in some respects, quite similar to the outcome. Um, that they've they've got, and for anyone who hasn't seen the actual release that we've both kind of alluded to, it's going to be Geno Smith, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence, which I feel like is great because I feel like it is three guys at three different stages of their career. True. You know, you've got Geno, the kind of old veteran. Joe Burrow's kind of been in the league, he's a superstar, and then you've got Trevor as like the up and coming guy. My dream scenario would have been to have one of the rookies like Bryce Young or um, CJ Stroud. It's like a rookie coming into the league, see how they kind of fare. Um, my established guy ideally would have been Jalen Hurts. I think he's a super interesting character off the field and to kind of get a window into him, his motivation, his work ethic and things like that would be just great television. And then like an older an older head. Um, I can't remember who I actually said, but yeah, I wanted an older head and I've kind of got that with Geno Smith um, as well. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. I, think I, that's really, really I thought fantastic. it was a good lineup. I did. I, I said I was disappointed, but I was just disappointed because I liked mine more. <laughs> so i can't be too disappointed i'm just happy that we have something like this to look forward to absolutely i hope we could yeah. get i guess it'd be kind of difficult but i wish we could get like another position group at some point but i feel like it'd be hard for like other position groups to only pick three guys which i guess yeah. it's something else to think into because like receivers you can't it, i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of personality in the receiver position i can't pick just three guys to keep up with because i mean at the end of the day their position. I mean, they get injured a lot. You're gonna have a couple of weeks where, or a couple of episodes where it's pretty boring out of one of the three because, dude, high ankle sprain or something. So, mm, yeah, yeah. I think with the quarterback position, it's such a standalone position. Yeah, that that makes it easy 
to kind of work into these television programs. Definitely. Definitely. I wish, honestly, I wish Hard Knocks was on Netflix. I feel like. Yeah. 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 I feel like it just kind of belongs there. I don't know. I, I love when the NFL kind of actually shows some creativity because it is the no fun league. But when it decides to do some fun things, it's usually entertaining, which they should take notes on. Which, speaking of fun, we were talking about jerseys before the show. Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I might talk about it a little bit with Kieran in the episode before this one but we're about to talk about it again because it's one of those things i was talking about how i actually like the old chargers um color rush jerseys the the all navy blue with like the kind of like the yellow outline of the yeah. lightning bolt i really like those a lot of people weren't too fond of them but i wish the nfl wasn't so minimalist with a lot of their jerseys now it's yeah, getting to the point I'm, it sucks i've been, been campaigning recently on twitter uh, like I say, at Wakefield Night A over on there. Like, the NFL should introduce Throwback Thursday and have Throwback Agreed. uniforms on Thursday nights. Like, just do something fun, like you say. And there's so many good Throwback uniforms out there now. You know, a Agreed. lot of teams obviously releasing them this week. Just do it. Just make it more marketable. Make it, and again, you know, I know it's times tough in terms of money and things like that, but make it something that people can buy. More jerseys, more money for the NFL than the day, and that's what that's what they want. Agreed. So um, yeah, I just think it just add an element of, like you say, fun, fun to the league. It's like we were talking earlier about the NBA. They do a lot of this sort of stuff. They've got loads of different jerseys, almost too many jerseys, but and they've got loads more games that they can uh, they can you know play these in these jerseys in. But yeah, just introduce more than just color rush jerseys or you know the odd throwback jersey a couple of times a year. Just have like a few, a few different ones. I think they should do an MLB approach to it because the MLB is doing a series called City Connect. And the City Connect jerseys a lot of time is they base on something like out of the city. So it's like for the Chicago Cubs, they have like these all navy blue with like a light off or like an, a two-tone blue type jersey. And it says Wrigleyville because like that's what it is. They play at Wrigley Field. It's Wrigleyville. It's the Chicago Cubs. It's awesome. You got the, the Angels. And theirs kind of gives off like a surfboard type vibe. I mean, it's L.A., beach yeah. area, surfing, very clean look. But the thing about the City Connect jerseys is they only release with like four to, four to five teams every year. But mm. at the end of the day, you can still go back to them. So I would, I would be a big fan of the NFL doing something quite similar, honestly. Because I think it would be really cool if they did something like, I don't know. This is on the fly, of course. If the Tennessee Titans... I mean, they could, I don't know. What would be a good alternative? I mean, it's hard to say. It really is. If they did something Music City related, like, I, I would be ecstatic. If they had a jersey that said Music City and they did something like that, yeah, I'd be a huge be cool. fan. So, that'd be cool. I just want them to do something fun. This whole just minimalist wave of jerseys. And it's not even just the NFL being plagued by it. It's the NBA, too. As fun as they are, they're, a lot of teams, their regular jerseys just suck so <laughs> it dude it's bad. i don't know if you've ever seen the uh the pacers jerseys but one of their jerseys yeah. is straight up just yellow on yellow yellow shorts yellow jersey and or no it was cleveland 
Cleveland is the one with the very generic jerseys. I'm pretty sure they both do, but they suck. Yeah, they the Cavs had to, it was in the second LeBron James era, wasn't it, where they just had like the wine, the gold, and the yellow. Oh, I'm jerseys with just Cavs or Cleveland or Cavaliers across the front, and that was it. It was just those. That was it. Dude, the Cavs jerseys now are just awful. So I don't know. I need some more fun with jerseys so I can buy them. That's <laughs> that, that's just plain and simple how it is. I'm. I guess my last question really is for this rollout of jerseys, what's your favorite thus far? The Seahawks. The, the Seahawks? Seahawks? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm a big uh Buccaneers creamsicle fan myself. I'm currently yeah, like I'm currently contemplating buying my first ever non Patriot jersey right now. Huh. Cause they rolled them out with Tom Brady as well. And the Tom Brady creamsicle jersey is just I looked yeah, at it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. And if I get the first time I get asked if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm going to be so flabbergasted. <laughs> no, I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm just wearing uh, the quarterback or the jersey of my quarterback, former Patriot Tom Brady. That's such a disgusting sentence. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like when uh, Jerry Rice, uh, Raiders legend. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Seahawks Emmett legend. Smith, Cardinals legend, bro. Yeah. Dude, those... So have you been doing the uh, the little... Oh, my God. The grid the games. The, the NFL grids. No, you know what? I, I've had a go, but I'm so bad. My memory is so, so bad. Dude. That, uh, I'm, yeah, I just, just uh, use all my guesses really, really quickly. I'll be honest. So bad. I'll be honest. It's on. You got to warm up. It's weird as that sounds. Like the first time I started getting to them, I was like, "Man, I suck." And then out of nowhere, I was able to start pulling out answers like Mike Wallace, just out of left field. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I got this. I got this." And then, like just the other day, I had an amazing twi- Twitter interaction. I used uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, J.T. O'Sullivan, as one of my <laughs> answers, and I tagged him in it, and he even noticed it. So nice. I was very happy to interact with none other than the QB school because that's that's some of my favorite content on just YouTube in general. I love what he does. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Shout out JT. Honestly, shout out to JT. He needs to hop on the Sanyo Lane podcast. <laughs> Talk some quarterbacks with me. Which I guess, what position group are you in charge of again? For I'm the, the I'm the defensive line. Defensive line. Yeah, dude, I might have to get you. I might have to get some defensive line talk in here. I'm trying. I got a tight squeeze right now. I'm trying to get all of the uh, season predictions in there, but I also I really want to get out more summer scouting things. But I'm currently about to hit up uh, wide receivers. So let's do it if we can, dude. Yeah, I know you've got a tight schedule over here. Oh, I'll let you know because it's been a pleasure having you on. By the way, this has been a fun chat. I would say. I'm, we're gonna have to do this again at some point i'll definitely let you know i try Anytime, and always man. bring on as many people as i can it's fun to have everyone involved which speaking of being involved i, I always leave up a QA. I always leave up stuff like that i don't i'll probably end up leaving a, some form of poll you can vote on that respond to the q a i'm gonna try and get more involved with the community and start kind of reading off those things. I'd love to do like some form of mailbag episode at some point, but I don't think we're there just yet. It, it, I feel I'm about to have to like write my own mailbag questions, yo. <laughs> Billiam Bain from <laughs> New Zealand 
Oh, snap. <laughs> well, go ahead, Lee. Let them know where they can find you once again real fast. Because if you've made this part yeah. of the episode, shout out to you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure coming on. It's been a really cool chat. Uh, I will be more than happy to come on anytime. But yeah, if you want to find me uh, over on Twitter, it's at Wakefield90. And um, yeah, you can find my writing over at the Touchdown, at Touchdown NFL, or over at Bolt Beat. I'm doing my Chargers writing over there. So yeah, just follow me up. And yeah, like I say, you can follow the couple of uh, articles that I've actually plugged during the during the episode here. Um, and uh, yeah, and beyond. So yeah, like again, thanks very much again, Will, for having us on. And yeah, looking forward to our next uh, next big chat here. Dude, it's been a pleasure having you on, my man. This is it's kind of funny. People don't know this. This is like really the first time we actually got to really chat. Like, Probably. like yeah. it was kind of crazy. So a couple of times the, the chemistry might not always be there because I do sometimes accidentally kind of chime in because I'll hear something. I'm like, ooh, ooh, because I do got that severe ADHD. So it just kind of happens. But I'm working on it. You know, it, it, it's a learning process. So all good. Well, I guess once again, y'all know where you can find me over on Twitter at the Willie Lane. That's Willie with an IE, by the way. I got to clear up some more confusion. A lot of people will think it's spelled with a Y, which understandably so, honestly. It makes sense both ways, but I don't know. IE looks a little more official. So at the Willie Lane. And then, of course, we have our own podcast Twitter at SIYL Podcast. That is Stanyo Lane right there. And with that being said, each and every one of you need to stay in your lane. We'll see y'all next time. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's been fun.